All right, we are back for episode 73 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. Dave comes back from the bubonic plagues. It took me a couple of days to develop enough dark arts to resurrect him from the dead. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about, is it the fall of the faux goat? Question mark. Answer, probably not, but it was still funny, and we're going to talk about it on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. I'm Carlos. That's the recently departed Dave. How's it going, Dave? I am, as you say, resurrected, and I'm... I'm feeling good, Carlos. I'm feeling good. You wouldn't, know, you wouldn't know it from your pixely picture, but I'll believe you. No, it's true. If if you uh, if you could have been not kind enough to you know give me a, a better body coming back into, I would have appreciated that too. But I mean, I guess I'll have to just take being alive. I, quite frankly, this is more than you deserve. Like <laughs> this is really like I could have done much, much worse. It's true. You, next time I'm bringing you back as Ogilvy, and you will respect what I did for you. What about zombie Larry Fitzgerald? Come on, man. Absolutely not. Again, you don't deserve that much. Anyway, so with all this said, um, yeah, we did take last week off. Uh, Dave was feeling under the weather, and I was fine with that. We, we was kind of a rush time anyway. In this case, we're back a little bit. I'm a little bit run down myself, but uh, nothing that a little beer and, uh, and a meal beforehand couldn't fix a little bit for me. So that's going to be all right. So it'll be a little bit just chatting about a couple of general items uh, because they're right now we're kind of in a it, – it's interesting because we're – we're not in a stasis period. Obviously, the NFL is ongoing, and we're going to talk about that for sure. But uh, baseball is named kind of its MVPs to very little fanfare because it wasn't really that exciting. Now, by the way, a quick point of order. I am still a little disappointed that, you know, podcast favorite Juan Soto was left off the NL ballot. That's BS is what I'm saying. He should have at least been on the finalist ballot to at least have a couple, an opportunity to get some votes. That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. So it's one of those things like I would have liked to see. You know, the, given the guy won the batting title, got a silver slugger and a couple of things like at least I understand he played less games than some of these other guys, but at least let him his numbers were still pretty good, even considering missing some games. Because, again, you say, oh, well, the batting average is helped by that. Yes, it is. But that doesn't. But he's also at a disadvantage in the in the home run and RBI totals. Yes. So it like balances out. So like you, you miss out in one category and it helps you with the other one with the at bats and plate appearances. So I get it. But he still had enough to qualify for the batting title. And as long as you qualify. You deserve, you know, that credit given to your name. Yep, I agree, 100%. Yep. But again, it was very little fanfare. Uh, the Cy Young, very little fanfare. Like, I, I, have on, I have it on the Instagram, so I saw. But, like, for the most part... And also, not, kind of... I think part of that, I mean, I don't know if it, if, it, if it is part of it or not, but the fact that, you know, it, nothing was really surprising. No, no. Right? I, and it, there wasn't any, like, ooh, I think it's... I mean, even the NL MVP, where there was a lot of talk about, well, Mookie Betts might get it. You know, Freddie Freeman was the was deserving. He should have gotten it, and he did get it. And I don't, I don't really think there's any anything to really gripe about there. This is coming from a Dodger fan too. Uh, so I felt, you know, everything was sort of anticlimactic. That's fair. Now, have they done the manager of the year yet? Yes, they have. Okay. See, see, my disappointment then, like I, I didn't catch that one. That one for some reason didn't make it onto my Instagram feed. Um, my disappointment is that I, I didn't see any Dave Roberts votes. Like the, the true all-time great Dodger manager of all time, Dave Roberts, deserves some play. Like, what the heck? Okay, first of all, despite you wanting to make fun of Dave Roberts, <laughs> you can't you can't ever say that anyone's better than Tommy Lasorda. Even if they actually are better than Tommy Lasorda, Tommy Lasorda will always be the best Dodger manager because reasons. Uh, because but reasons. no, Don Mattingly got it uh, for the NL, okay. my, a Miami Marlins manager, but mm-hmm. also former Dodger manager. He managed the Dodgers before Dave Roberts. So there is a connection there. Yeah, but I think I, – I can't remember exactly – I know what you're talking about. And I and I remember the era a little bit. 
But I feel like his teams weren't like anywhere near as stacked as the Dave Roberts has been his inherited. Oh, no, no, like, they, his no, teams are ridiculous. But, but remember, the reason they fired him was because he didn't get to the World Series, right? Because they were again perennial play, right? They've won eight straight division titles. Some of those, I don't know how many where the breakup down is, but some of those division titles were under Don Mattingly, and it was just you know early playoff exits, and there I guess one too many, and he got the boot. Uh, yeah. But I would like to put this, Carl, since you maybe haven't heard. Then I guess. Uh, in the latest episode of potentially Scheudenfraud, I'm not sure if that actually applies here, but it's a cool word. Uh, Kevin Cash got the AL Manager of the Year. Love it. I, I co-sign and approve. So I, I figured you would. Mm. We are a big fan of the analytics around here. Well, he certainly is. And uh, it, cost, it arguably cost him a World Series. Psh, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a given that it was a given that a Dave Roberts managed team was destined for greatness this year distant there were no missteps dave none i know yeah right (laughs) but it's just unfortunate now that that you know i have to be at work and hear baseball conversations that begin with begin and end with what's his war and i'm just like i just seethe carlos every time it happens it's uh it's it's the way of the world but i did i did i did do one of the carlos things and say okay well tell me more about war can you tell me how you calculate war yeah no and and then again, the the retort was just because I don't know how to calculate it that doesn't mean that it isn't useful to statistic. And honestly, to be fair, my beef is not that it isn't a useful statistic. My beef is that, and it's not just you know the casual baseball fan or even the diehard baseball fan. It's the fact that so much of baseball now is driven by you know war being the be all and end all of everything, and okay. that and that drives me nuts. Yeah, so I do have a beef with it with it not being a useful statistic. And the biggest reason is because depending on which war, because there's multiple and there's multiple versions of it. So depending on which one you cite, you could get a different result, number one. And that's a problem for me. So we don't have a consistency. Number two, even if there's a certain type of there's offensive war versus, you know, general war. Um, and the problem with that is if you do like the overall war figure, it tries to take fielding into account. And the problem is, depending on the calculation you're using, some of them require you to make a subjective assessment of fielding. If I think you're a better fielder, I reward you with a higher war than if I think you're crummy. That's an assessment right. on my part. So I'm assessing your fielding, which means... So it has nothing to do with like statistical, like how many errors you make no, or... no. That's the thing. It's subjective, which means that now we're bringing in the French judge. If they don't like it, your war is lower. <laughs> uh, that was a good reference, man. But that, but this is how it is. But So, again, I'm back to, like, so in a game of statistics that can be measured objectively, you've introduced an element that has a subjective piece where I put scoring. So if I've done that, like, okay, so how about if I give Mike Trout an F- minus for fielding? But, dude, he's, like, one of the greatest fielders of all time. Great. Name me a Let's- highlight real play. Also, let's not forget he's never won a gold glove either. Yeah, like, but I'm, but I'm saying, like, I don't think he's a bad fielder. But my thing is, give me a highlight real play. Dude, he's elite. He's elite. This is what the people say because his war is so great. He's an elite fielder. Accept it. Well, I think he's definitely a top three center fielder because there might only be three center fielders in the baseball. I think that's <laughs> it. Like, the, because have you seen what has happened to like the center field position in baseball? It's, it's actually, it's actually a. So you got him. What him? Jackie Bradley Jr question mark and is it that Mookie guy a center fielder? from that thing is the Mookie a center fielder no he's a right fielder then never mind he should be know. a center f- I mean Mookie has the talent and the ability to be play center field 
But can, I think can I one still of the pick? Things... The, can I pick the ghost of Jim Edmonds anyway? Yes, please. Yeah, like I'll pick uh, Jim Edmonds. Devon... Hey, man, I'll take Devon White, please. Sure. Willie Mays. I'm... Willie Mays, man, the catch but, of the Polo Grounds. But but I'm talking about like a center fielder, right? Like Jim yeah. Edmonds was a highlight real center fielder. Like he made these ridiculous catches. Like he he was one of those guys who I enjoy, did it I, You know what? I I hate those St. Louis Cardinals of the passion. Uh, but I always appreciated Jim Emmons. He was good. But the thing is, like, I remember watching highlights. I remember watching This Week in Baseball, and you would see Jim Edmonds' highlights on there. I remember you would watch. You, you, there are certain players who are, like, legitimate top-tier fielders. I think a very important distinction we need to make is there's a difference between a top-tier fielder and somebody who is in the top tier because the rest of the position has fallen off. Yep, that's fair. Like, there's a big difference. You may be... It's like, oh, but I'm a great goal scorer in hockey. Yes, in your beer league. But as soon as I put you outside of your beer league and put and put a pool of better players in there, maybe you're not so great. Yeah, that's a it's, fair it's, point. It's your competition. I have to I have to weigh everything. It's not good enough for me to just take you and then, oh, yeah, you're the best. Well, statistically, you are. But who is your competition? Who are you playing against? Bob over there, who has had three heart bypass surgeries, probably isn't going to beat you out. Yeah. But that, that's, 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 that's the way it is. Let Anything me let me bring up one more point on that though, just just for the listening audience that may may or may not know why isn't Mookie a center fielder? Because for some somewhere like say Dodger Stadium, uh, which is fairly cookie cutter in its outfield, uh, right? It's a fairly easy position yep. he could play. Although Cody Bellinger is a fairly good center fielder, and, and it seems to be he's sort of cemented as that is his position now. But uh, basically, it was because he was a, a Red Sox, and the, there's so many quirks about right field in Fenway Park that they felt that was the best place for him to play because it was actually in, in Fenway Park, it's actually harder to play right field than it is to play center field. Yeah, but the thing is, what you just said there is an important nuance that complicates the math because Mookie Betts could be a center fielder. Mm-hmm. And if he became a center fielder, and he was a better center fielder than Mike Trout, again, I'm not... As much fun as I have, I'm not just picking a Mike Trout for the sake of picking a Mike Trout. I'm measuring him against his competition. If I if I introduce better and more athletic center fielders, and all of a sudden he's the tenth best center fielder, his abilities have not declined. I just put better athletes in that position, and now all mm. of a sudden he's in the top ten, but now he's at the bottom of the top ten. Does that mean that he suddenly got worse at playing center field, or the competition got better? Yeah, well, it means a second. It's the latter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he didn't get objectively worse. But if I'm a person doing this rating and I think about, well, he's only a top 10 center fielder now. Oh, he's gotten worse. So I give him a lower rating, so his war drops. But but objectively, he has not gotten any worse. That's why this is that stupid. In a nutshell, that is why this is that. You could get worse through no fault of your own. It's simply perception. Well, and then there you go. It's and like you say, it's subjective, not objective. And objectivity is really what a lot of baseball stats are built around, right? Yeah, and the, but that's why I say, like, you can do whatever you want. I I'm willing to take it as a factor. I'm willing to take it as a piece of the puzzle to exactly. put together with the and rest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah. but when it, when it, everything be right, it's like that that conversation that we had, however many episodes, where you facetiously were like, why don't you just make the MVP the person who has the best WAR? Because yep. that's sort of you know where you, where you were saying things you see things going right and that's, well, it's it's been going in that direction the last couple of years right that, there's yeah. there's more to it than that yeah much more yeah and that and that's been that's been a reoccurring issue it's one of those things like I will penalize a guy if they're a, a defensive liability but if they're a decent defender and the rest of their game is superlative to use another beautiful word superlative mm-hmm. if everything Indeed. else is superlative 
why would I punish you because you're an average fielder that yeah. much? I'll punish you a little bit because I'll say, well, you're not an all-round player. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in his heyday. You know, Willie Mays was considered to be a guy like that. In his heyday, Mickey Mantle was considered to be a guy like that. Could hit for average, could hit for power. He was considered a, an elite center fielder. You're talking, about a, you're talking about a five-tool player. Yeah. The, 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 but you, like I said, there's there's levels to these tools. Ken Griffey Jr. at his peak was considered a five-tool player who could do everything. Was he the greatest of all time in terms of hitting? No, but he was very good. And he had p- tremendous power. But he could also hit for some average. So he wasn't his average wasn't a liability compared to the rest of his game. But he's not gonna he's gonna he's not gonna outpace Tony Gwynn in the batting race. Right. But he could still hit three hundred and hit fifty bombs. Tony Gwynn can't hit fifty bombs. Like there's a there's a there are these these things level each other out. Of course. But I would say Ken Griffey was probably a better fielder than Tony Gwynn in his heyday. So again, we're balancing these things out. Yeah. It's all part of it's all part it's a piece of the puzzle. So you have to respect that. You have to take all that into account and respect it. So one other thing, Dave, is since we were bringing it up, uh, anything else going on in in your world, or just uh, a little bit more of the usual? Uh, no, just more of the usual. Um, I have a, I have, I I do have something in, in, that I want to talk about that's going to bring up rolling Neymar. Ooh. Uh, so we can get there when we get there. But yeah. uh, not really. I think everything else and sort of what's going on is. I mean, we're switching around at work, so I start. Because we're in instead of semesters, we're in quads this year because of COVID, uh, so that changes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I got my second COVID test uh, last week, which was far worse than the first one for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the same result; it was negative, thankfully. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. No, that's fair. Uh, for the most part in this world, it's just been a lot of. Uh, it's just been busy. It's been busy. I talked talk with Dave a little bit offline beforehand. It's uh, it's busyness, but it's unfortunately busyness that was avoidable. It is going to be interesting. Fortunately, uh, the working situation, even as Ontario is going to move towards uh, towards bringing, uh, we're going to be entering what's called like the red zone here, which means we're going to be a lot more restrictive with certain uh, in businesses and industries and things like that as we head into that. Just because the numbers have spiked up, not surprisingly. Again, anybody who had any sense would know that these numbers were going to start going to start going up because people are going to get a little bit lax, and also and also we're going to have. Flu season, which is going to complicate matters to go along with uh, people trying to get into holidays. Some people are going to break that, which means those numbers are going to go up again. And it's going to be a little bit of that going forward. What's going to be interesting is to see how that carries over into the next year. Um, that's really going to be the key. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned to Dave is it's going to be fun because obviously, uh, you know, when you're doing your work and whatever, you get your certain amount of vacation days. And now that I'm operating on a, as a full-time employee where I work, uh, I have vacation days and I intend to take them, but it's going to be, you know, good old session staycation. Mind you, I don't really mind. I get to kind of sit at home and I get to leave the the work world behind and just kind of use my uh, my office and my oasis as my personal area instead of being the work area. It's solid. Any, anytime you get a break, it's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on uh, one last thing I'll mention here, because if any of you do ever see my uh, see my Instagram, which I include in the handle uh, just right there. Second, if I can get the it's worth a look. I'll give you that at Carl's Cards Twelve. Uh, for those people who are not watching this, that's at C A R L O S C A R D S one two. Look at you! But yeah, so that's where I usually will put my uh, my hobby stuff on my own time. And there's going to be some stuff coming up soon that, that I'll be putting on there. But uh, it also leads to my other to my personal YouTube channel where I put sports card related content. A lot of things we've talked about stuff like this on the channel before. And lately, I'm a big uh, Mike Medano. I guess the term they use is super collector. I hate the term. It's dumb. 
Uh, I think it's kind of true, though. I mean, yeah, it does apply to you. It is. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. But I will say that uh, there will be a discussion in, the, in this coming week on my channel talking about a couple of cards that I picked up. And I'm not saying I dropped four figures. I'm not saying I did. But I dropped four figures. That's all I'm saying. Wow. For, for On two cards or on one card? I see. Oh, I'll get to that. Don't worry about that. But not today. Not here and not today. But anyway, so that's on my channel. And stuff like that appears on the Instagram. Because there's some nice stuff there that uh, has a story, but it will it will be told another day. So that's it for me. So let's get – so really, Dave – uh, we can talk a little bit about the NFL. You had a can rolling I, name on worthy thing. So let me let's do this. Why don't we do? Why don't I have one more baseball story that I want to talk about? Why don't we do that? Then why don't we do rolling Neymar, and then we'll do some NFL and finish it up that way. Go ahead. So I, I I'm not sure how I feel about this, but let me let me let me say it. Let me get it out there, and then then you be the judge, Carlos, of mm. of of where people should be thinking about this. Mm. So. The MLB, the MLB in this case, has come down and decided that Justin Turner will face no punishment whatsoever for returning to the field yeah. after testing positive for COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, and joining his team for about 20 minutes on the field in celebration and also taking a picture. Yep. Uh, massless in the picture beside a cancer survivor. You should mm-hmm. that. Now, part of me says this is a good thing because – in, in the way that MLB said it is basically MLB was like, we're not punishing him because we fucked up and we should have just taken him out of the, the ballpark and sent him back to the hotel right away. Mm-hmm. So there's part of me that's like, whoa, MLB is actually taking some ownership of this. And I respect that mm-hmm. because they're right. They, right. They could have made this not a situation. Mm-hmm. Right. I still think the biggest person at fault is Turner, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that MLB is is taking this. Now, Turner put out a statement as well where he apologized for this, although I want to hear him say it. I don't want to read it. I want to see him uh, talk about it. Okay. But uh, since then, and I don't, we, it's not determined whether he's one of them or not, uh, if he counts as his own or it's additional, but nine people total, maybe, or nine plus Justin Turner on the Dodgers have now tested positive. Mm-hmm. Is that a result of, of his actions? We don't know. Uh, we're not going to, and we're probably not going to know because the con- they're not going to be like, Hey, here's what the contract chasing said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's, and the team has, it doesn't feel as contrite as I would like them to be either, mm-hmm. but I'm also happy because MLB like took a bullet here, which is something they basically didn't do all year. So I don't know how to feel Carlos. Right. So I'll answer you this way. Uh, part of the reason MLB can do that is because it doesn't really matter for them. Um, if at least they admit that they screwed up to a certain degree, that gets them a little bit off the hook PR-wise. Not really off the hook. But you have to bear in mind that a lot of folks stateside still aren't taking it seriously. It doesn't matter that the case is spiked up. And the truth is, and this is a conversation I've had offline, but I'll say it here because I'm honest about it. I'm truthful. Look, the only way this is going to affect anything, the only way this would have changed anything, the only thing or whatever, is if Justin Turner goes on the field and gets, you know, and say that cancer survivor he gave. Let's say he that was Dave Roberts, in, by the way. Okay, so Dave Roberts. So Dave Roberts comes into contact with him, gets COVID nineteen directly from Max's cousin Turner, and dies. And then his family sues Justin Turner for everything he's worth, and the Dodgers organization, and Major League Baseball sues all of them. Then something comes of it. Otherwise, nothing. The reason no. he didn't do a statement is because he doesn't care. And the people there, by the way, 
the people there taking the picture with him should also bear some responsibility. Now, the only way I would give him a pass, and this may be the case, if they're on the field taking a picture with Justin Turner, they don't realize why Justin Turner was not in the lineup. And they're there well, taking a picture with him, which I would lead to the lawsuit. Some people knew, some people didn't know. But that's what like. I'm trying to get, though. If one of the people contracts it from him and gets sick, whether they die or not, because one of the other things that has occurred with some folks is they have diminished lung capacity. An right. issue with that. So let's say I have that. I'm relatively healthy, but I, I contract this from you. And then I have diminished lung capacity, which affects me long term. I'm suing your ass. Because you endangered me knowing full well you were positive, And I didn't know. That's yeah, a problem. I mean, it's different. It would be a different story, obviously, if he didn't know. But he knew he was positive. Yes. Uh, that he was aware of that. Yeah. And now he had said in his is his apology that he and told MLB that he had thought that he wasn't the only positive test, that there were other positives. Now, You're I right don't right. know why he thought that or or whatnot. Uh, I don't matter. think that excuses anything. Yeah, no. But, yeah. No, but that's, like, the thing is, I'm, just, I'm being very, very practical about this. No, I'm but I don't, some... I don't, I also don't think you're wrong, right? Especially well, for I'm, MLB's I'm, point I'm Carlos, of view. I'm definitely not wrong. Well, but, right? But, but you know that, especially from, like, a, a professional sports yeah. point of view, mm-hmm. right? Or anything like that. Um, or same thing from, from some of the political class. We won't get into that. But mm-hmm. in the, in the U S is that because of those actions, nobody has died yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm knocking on my wooden desk right now, hoping that remains the case. Uh, you know, but, it, but if somebody does, then I think it changes the narrative, but until then, mm-hmm. right. It's like, yeah, it was kind of dumb. And some other people got sick, but you know, we'll all be playing baseball in 2021. Exactly. But that's always been kind of my point. And here's the thing. I, I, I Sometimes I know, and this is something I always consistently have to repeat because I feel like I have to put in the qualifier. I understand that naturally I am more cynical than most I because I strip out a lot of the emotional part of it out of there. Because here's the thing, and not to be mean or horrible about this, but if someone comes in contact with Justin Turner, knowing, knowing, if, they, if you're amongst the few that knew and you come into contact with him, you decide you're going to take your chances – you do contract it and either you develop some kind of an ongoing health condition as a result or you die. I don't care. I don't feel sorry for you. If you did not know and someone else put you in danger there, then we got a problem. And frankly, you should take your full legal recourse to do whatever you can and punish this man. Because that's the consequence that happens. That is when you get the only way you change people's behavior for stuff like that is if there's a consequence. And this is a general theme here. A lot of this stuff is not that complicated, but people don't want to take responsibility and in turn, they don't reap enough of a punishment for it. I always think, and this is my personal life philosophy, I feel if you're sufficiently stupid, you should be punished. I don't care if it's by karma, the fates, you know, the heavens, whatever you want. I, I, th- I think if you decide to bungee jump with faulty equipment, I think the equipment should snap and you should die. That is the way that I live my life. If Somebody else rigged up faulty equipment. You didn't know. You didn't do it knowing that it was faulty equipment. And you, and you decided and you were doing, you thought you were safe. You thought precautions had been taken and something happens. Then I do feel sorry for you because you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't go in knowing there was a risk. But if you take the risk, knowing full well what it was, I'm happy with you getting punished. But not enough people are. This is not the way it works. Well, I think it's, just, it's, it's, it's really... It's really just, it's really just personal responsibility, right? Is 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 really what you're saying? Yeah, right. And that's the thing. I'm completely okay if you make a decision and you decide this is fine. 
We're going to do this. This is the way it's going to be. I'm taking the chance. I know what the consequences could be. Then you have accepted the consequences. Then I'm okay with whatever happens. I'm okay because there's no reason mm -hmm. for me not to be okay. You understood what you were going into. So again, if Dave Roberts, as a cancer survivor, a potentially immune compromised person, knows he's positive and still wants to like hang there with the picture of him, put his arm around him, hey man, then what happens to you next? I don't care. Good, bad, or indifferent, that was on you. You made that decision. But if he did not know, obviously as Dave Roberts, he should know. But then I, you I'm put pretty yourself sure at risk. I understand, but that's what I'm saying. In his position, yeah. he should be he should know. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, I'm not taking a picture with the guy. I'm waving him off. I'm be like, get back there. Go, go. This is you're the leader at this moment. It is your job to make the call and be like, look, man, take a picture later. Can't do it right now. Get out of here. Dave Roberts had the opportunity to make that call. He didn't do it. The general manager, I'm pretty sure, was there. Could have yep. made the call. Like, there's a there's a hundred people. And Major League Baseball, to be honest, is probably Major League Baseball should have been should have been the first line of defense or the last line of defense. If they fail, which they did, the Dodgers organization was another line of defense. They should have been like, okay, we have a positive, get out of here. Yep. Go and, watch and, the game. And elsewhere. nobody did. Correct. So lots of people had the opportunity to make this call, and none of them did. Justin Turner was also a line of defense, but I consider him the last line. He should be like, wait a minute. Major League Baseball has decided not to do anything. The Dodgers decided not to do anything. Shouldn't I think about this a little bit? Give this a little thought? Is this the place that I should be right now? Mm -hmm. And all of them decided, well, whatever, we'll, we'll see what happens. But unless something bad occurs, unless something punishing occurs, nothing's going to come of it. So in reality, this is the one time I can truly say, probably... The person who is on the low end of the totem pole of responsibility is our favorite person. It's not his fault, really. I'm not going to blame Rob this time. Not on this one. And you you have no issue blaming him, so nope. that says something. I can't, I can't, though. Like, yeah, they could have done something, but, like, so could the Dodgers. So could Justin Turner himself. So could Dave Roberts. So could, you know, Justin Turner's family. <laughs> like, like there's a bunch of people who who all kind of stood around going uh whatever just roll with it let's see what happens yeah so then i hold you all collectively responsible all right carl give me some rolling neymar all right the man wants to have a pretentious cross-crunching running report the return the triumphant return of the pretentious cross country running report that will get us demonetized. We're not monetized anyway, but whatever. Hashtag sponsor us. Vindication for rolling Neymar. He is back. He is back. And with good reason, Carlos. All right, what do you got? Because hit me up with Bundesliga. No, sorry, it's it's international. Whatever. And it's not Concacaf. What? It's UEFA. But after 22 years, Carlos, after 22 years, Scotland has made a major tournament. That's a big deal. And they did it in the most Scotland of ways possible. With the Highlander. Uh, actually, okay, maybe Duncan not. Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod? Maybe not the most Scottish of ways possible. Groundskeeper Willie? Maybe, you never know. 
no. So what had happened is uh, this year they changed. Well, Euro 2020 that's being played in 2021. As you do. Uh, of course. Uh, had a little bit of different qualifying this year because they had Nations League qualifying. So you had, I think there's 24 teams in Euro. 20 of the spots were made up in traditional qualifying. And then four spots were given to Nations League qualifying, A, B, D, and C. Basically being A, being the best teams in Europe. B being, and you'll be, like D being the worst teams. Like the, you know, the Liechtensteins and the Andorras and the San Marinos and the countries like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So Scotland was in League C, made it all the way to the league final, uh, and then played Serbia for qualification this week. Mm-hmm. And Scotland score uh, first half scoreless, second half Scotland scores, and from all accounts, we're basically well in control of the game, mm-hmm. uh, playing really well, basically dominating. And then in the 90th minute, and for those of you who don't watch uh, soccer, the 90th minute is the last minute of the game. Uh, gave up a goal off a header, so tied one-one. So there has to be a winner. It goes to extra time. Nobody scores, so it goes to the dreaded penalty shootout. But with the last kick of the match, Scotland's goalkeeper saved it. So Scotland made all five of their penalties. Serbia made the first four. The last one, Scotland's goalkeeper came up huge, made the save, and Scotland is on their way to Euro 2020 that takes place in 2021. As you do. I see. So, so there you uh, have it, Carlos. All hooray for the na- hooray for qualifying through the back door, basically. Brilliant. I think if there had been more haggis, I would have been more impressed. Well, um, you know what? Uh, there probably was some at the, like the celebration bank, what they had after. I, I, w- I would sincerely hope so. Because if there um, wasn't, I, even me, I would be disappointed in that. Well, number one, we didn't get uh, Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. That was disappointing. We didn't get groundskeeper Willie, so that was out. Um, and, of course, for me, like my third question would be, like, all I got out of this, really, the question that I have following all of this explanation is, um, so could Pan- Team Panama have qualified for this? I don't care if they're European. No. I feel like I feel like the rules are so lax in soccer that like why can't they qualify? <laughs> but you never know. I mean, I don't know. Like Panama's pretty corrupt, right? So potentially, like Concacaf is super corrupt. Uh, are you, are so... you sure? Are you sure? You know, if we look at the if we look at the map, uh, you sure we can't be like Europe West? You probably could like really I mean... like like southwestern Europe being like Panama, Colombia. <laughs> you know, I think Panama's ranked like number what like the third third fourth best team in 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 uh Concacaf right now so you know well the thing is like i, th- I think i think so- i think soccer is like the only sport where panama's like consistently at least decent am i gonna say great no but are they decent sure yeah, yeah i would like, agree with you on that it's like we could be worse we could be worse you know and they could have been good in baseball if it wasn't for ruben rivera that's what i'm saying that Rivera family should be disowned. Basically, I was gonna say basically anyone anyone that's named Rivera has shamed Panama. Carlos is now holding up a Panamanian flag. Basically, if they'd had Alcazar's on the team on their baseball team, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Dude, I could have put Roberto up there. All right, so your job is basically to take abuse. He goes, "I feel strangely qualified for this." Exactly. I have trained you your whole life for this he's moment. Uni- he's arguably uniquely qualified for that. This is what I'm trying to say. I have trained this child for his entire life for this moment. So you see when the ball comes towards you, let it hit you. Embrace your birthright, man. Yes. Uh, Go ahead. So, Carlos, 
because we probably can you want to just re, do you want to relitigate what happened do you want to tell people what happened in that game or do you want to just leave it <laughs> okay so it was the first year of the world baseball classic uh and team panama was not great but you know they were fine um they had a team was a couple of former major leaguers carlos lee was on that team um all-time panamanian great pitcher the only real pitcher in panama that matters uh bruce chen um you know was on that team as you do but um so the team was playing Cuba. We should have brought Rod Carew out of retirement. Like, at that point, it would have been better than, than what they actually had. Um, but the point is this. So they go in, and they're going in. They're playing Team Cuba in the round robin, I believe it was. Now it's, I it think was, that, was back, that was back in 2006, so it's, I think it's been a while. So regardless, they were playing Team Cuba, who were not really loaded to bear. Like, some of the Cuban teams have definitely been better. But they were still pretty good. They were still mm -hmm. definitely a high-end team in that tournament. Um, and then they, I think they ended up making the final too. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm saying, like, but for Cuban standards, that team was not their best. It Correct. was good. It was good. It would be like if Team Canada went in hockey and we got to do all the NHLers and they grabbed like the second tier guys, the guys that usually will play in the Spangler Cup, but like the yeah, NHL so, yeah. players that will play in the Spangler Cup. If Fair they enough. brought that team. So comparatively to their standard, like to their normal capability, because I think they were in between a lot of defectors. So I, I don't think they had their best to bring to bear, but they were still excellent. They were still a very good team. So the point is that for Panama, would that have meant that if they had won this game, would that have meant that they were going to go advance to the finals? No, probably not. Um, but it would have been a signature win for Team Panama Baseball because Cuba is still a super big deal in Latin America. And if you can beat them straight up, legit, in an in international tournament, that's a feather in your cap because that was a, that was a tournament that had major league players on. So you got to play with some of the best players that you had available. So you uh, Cuba still was playing with professional players, even though they were Cuban professional players, but they were still professional players. They were legit players. So the end result would have been like, uh, trust me, that team would have been remembered. The 2006 Panama, Team Panama team would have, uh, would have gotten a statue probably somewhere just for beating Cuba. Such is the importance of this. They were in a position to win in the bottom of the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, and I think it would have eliminated Cuba, right? It might have, yeah. I'm that, pretty sure it would have eliminated Cuba from the yeah, tournament. Because I think it was won. a double elimination, and I think that would have been their second loss. So, it, like again, it only emphasizes it would have been a very big deal, a very big because it would have changed the complexion of the tournament entirely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Well, all that was left to do, the bases were loaded, and all that was left to do was that you know Mariano Rivera's brother and Mariano Rivera. Part of the reason I give Mariano Rivera so much flack is that he refused to play in the tournament. Uh, not that he would have been a difference maker, obviously not in this situation especially, but it would have helped to have one more good pitcher to be able to do something and potentially lock away a game. Would have been helpful. But the end result was Ruben Rivera, his, his brother or his cousin, I forget what it is, um, he was in position uh, where a ball got thrown inside. It was going to hit him. And if it hits him, bases on balls, runner from third base scores, they win the game in the ninth, the bottom of the ninth. Game's over. Instantaneously. He gets out of the way like a schmuck and then strikes out. The game continues and Cuba wins in extra innings. And I'm sitting there watching it going, just seething in front of my CRT television. This was back at the end of my days in Guelph. I was sitting there watching and seething. Did I mention seething? I'm yeah. not sure if I emphasize seething. Oh, a lot of seething. Yeah, just seething. of Guelph, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like, just seething. And this moron, then at some point, I forget if it was the post-game scrum or whatever, he basically says, you know, he doesn't get paid to get hit by pitch. And I'm sitting there like, you're not getting paid! 
It's international tournament, you moron. And you're not on a major league squad because you suck. This is like the only thing that you're left qualified for. And I that's borderline at best. Borderline at best. Get hit by the stupid ball. You're expendable. Win the stupid game. And it wasn't like, I don't know. I don't know. If, it wasn't like it was like something like 95 mile for an hour. No, no. It was, he would have lived. It would have been fine. If he died, what's the worst that happens? He's a well, it wasn't fine. like it was going on his head. And if it and if it did, it hits him and he dies, it's fine. If he dies, he dies. If Andrago he spoke first base, though, before them to win the game? I, if, he, if he dies, I think they'll give it to him. But the point the point is this. They could drag the corpse to first base. It's fine. The point is, Ivan Drago, the, the wise words of philosopher king Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies. I really hope people get that reference. Well, it's Ivan Drago. It's Rocky Three. For God, Rocky Four. Rocky Four. For, four. For God's sake, people, if you haven't seen Rocky Four, get on this. It's a shitty movie, but it's 80s cheese, and it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's still really good, but <laughs> because it's bad. It's terrible. It's just, it's hideous. It's all it sucks, but it's awesome. Did I mention it sucks? But it's awesome. It's fact. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, this moron doesn't get hit. Now the problem is this: it's twofold. Number one, this idiocy happens, and obviously Panama doesn't win the game, and whatever. Down the road, my my other memories of Team Panama baseball and the World Baseball Classic are them getting no hit by the Dutch. Who gets no hit by the Dutch? Do you know what the Dutch do? Was Kenley Dutch Jansen know? on that team? Was he? I think he was a was catcher that? on that team. Kenley that? Jansen, the Dodgers closer. I think he was a catcher on that team. Maybe, but they were coached by Burt Blylevin. For God's sake, Burt Bly- You know what? I would have taken Burt Blylevin as my pitcher. <laughs> That's how bad some of these teams were. Say, like, oh, but Burt Blylevin's old. Yes, but he can at least pitch. But the but I, I couldn't figure out the connection with the Netherlands and him, Burt Blylevin. But apparently he's Dutch, so whatever. Yeah, he was born in the Netherlands. Oh, was he actually born in the Netherlands? I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Okay, well, whatever, fine. So anyway, do you know what the freaking Dutch are known for? Seriously. Tulips? Dutch Bogs. ovens. Dutch ovens. And metal singers. Heavy metal singers. Florianson, Simone Simon, Simon Simmons, I think, who's who's singer of Epica. Like I know some of these, but they're all they're all from the Netherlands. Hmm. Heavy metal music. And by the way, the Netherlands don't doesn't even like heavy metal music. And yet they've got some of the best female uh, heavy metal singers of all time that came out of the Netherlands. Go figure. How bizarre. We didn't even need OMC for that. I know. But but you got That's what the Netherlands is known for. And no hitting Team Panama because Team Panama sucks. <sighs> all right, Carlos. Now that we've uh, we've brought you down from the ledge slightly. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I'll be honest. About... I actually enjoyed that rant. I, I have... I'm glad. I'm glad that I brought it up then. Uh, NFL, what do you want to say other than the fact that once again, last Sunday, you and I were proven right because everybody was, everybody's on the Tampa Bay train, except for the Saints, because the Saints went there and they laid a huge beat down 38 to three, proving that they're not the Atlanta Falcons. Cause I feel somehow the Atlanta Falcons would have lost that game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, made Brady through three interceptions uh, Antonio Brown looked horrible, but again, he's just coming back. Uh, you know, the Saints basically laid the beat down. The defense played really well, and they couldn't stop the offense in the first half. And then, then thankfully, uh, the Saints did what the Falcons didn't do in the Super Bowl, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to run the ball and run out the clock. And then just for shits and giggles at the end, we're going to put Jameis Winston in, and he's going to throw a completion. The only pass he threw was a completion, Carlos, because – Suck at Tampa Bay. Can we can we all just take a moment to appreciate that the the true, the future goat, young goat king, J- 
Jameis Winston. Got in there at the end and cleaned up dude. No, no, it'll it'll happen, Dave. Don't worry. The point is, young go king, Jameis Winston, came in there and showed old Fogo how it's done. See, this is how you complete a pass. You know, you know, Tom. And basically, what what people need to understand is the subtext of this. What he was trying to say with that completion. And I I didn't see it, but I know that it was beautiful. What he was trying to say is like, listen, old fossil. This is what it looks like when a guy who can actually make a throw. You know, I had that team. I threw 5,000 yards with these guys. And I didn't have Gronk. I didn't have Antonio Brown. I threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. But y'all threw for 30 interceptions. Not the point. Not the point. The point well, that is. Must be, that was pre-LASIK, man. It was pre-LASIK. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I say young. It's like young goat king. It's coming. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Now he's got LASIK. It's done. It's done. But let's be let's be fair, you know. So the Saints brought in Drew Brees, they brought in Taysom Hill, and they even brought in Jameis Winston. And Tom Brady was the fourth best quarterback to play. Fact, <laughs> fact. Actually, no, not true. Didn't uh, oh, what's his name? I want to say Garrett Gilbert, but I, I think that's wrong. Who's the Tampa Bay backup? Garrett Gilbert? I don't know who he is, but did he come in? I thought he did. Maybe I think he did. he did. I think you're right. I think he did. So he was the fifth best quarterback on the field. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is the thing, right? Is that it look, I mean, is Tampa a horrible team? No, no. Uh, do they have a fairly easy schedule down the road? Yes. And no, they're playing some more competitive teams, but you also have to remember because the way the NFL works is that, you know, you either basically play a first place schedule, a second place schedule, a third place schedule or fourth place schedule, right. To help with the competitive balance. So that if you're the team that finishes first in the division, you're going to play next year uh, in your sort of your your conference matchups. You're going to play the other first place teams. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay is playing, I think, a third place schedule right now. Could be. Uh, right. So, so keep in mind that too that they have an easier schedule than the Saints do. Yeah. Uh, but can, as well but can we, do a lot we of let's cover one thing important here. Okay. So let's be clear. Uh, mainly, this is us enjoying the glorious, beautiful shot in front. Also, uh, I, yes, I, but also remember they lost to the Chicago Bears. That's what I'm getting at. So stay, stay with me on this. I, right. I, I, I taught Dave early on in our university careers the, the, beauty, the beautiful, beautiful glory of Schottenfraud. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It, it is. It, feel, it fuels my soul, and it is the source of my power. So the beautiful Schottenfraud is always, is always key. But the second thing we got to remember here is that the Saints have beaten them twice. And they were both decisive wins. That's not important, except for the part where if you want to win the division, you're already way behind the eight ball. Yep. Now you and can't the Saints match. now have the tiebreaker, too. Yeah. And the truth is, if we're being objective about this, the Saints have predominantly looked like trash. Even when they win, it's like, yeah, you're scraping by against like, eh. Yeah, they're, they, 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 you know, it's a field goal. Basically, I think four of their wins have been by a field goal or less. Yeah. So, like, their record could be a lot worse, realistically. Absolutely. But it doesn't matter now. Because as long as basically all they have to do is play the Bucks to a tie and they're ahead, right? And the Saints' next game now, granted, I'm sure they're going to find a way to fuck up one of these at least. Sure. Uh, but their next four games are San, a really banged up San Francisco, Atlanta, Denver, and then Atlanta again. Yeah, which is not a bad schedule, right? Like, I mean, it, it's it's not inconceivable to say that, well, it's definitely not inconceivable, but that they should win all four of those games. They're the Saints, so I'm probably thinking they're going to lose one because that's what they do, but uh, they should win all four. Yeah, but that makes Tampa Bay's life harder. That's Correct. one of those things. Like, you know, they're going to, so, and I'm, I'm going to go through the slate here in a second for this week. I'm going to go through the slate in a moment. 
But the point is that we're trying to get at is that, like, realistically, you have to take it week by week. It is, it is the way it is. But it is very interesting because now that division has now become a bit of a problem for Tampa Bay to try to solve because now they can uh, realistically, if they really want to have a chance at this, they cannot afford to screw up again. They don't have that luxury. They can't afford to have a clunker. If they go and play Carolina here and look bad and lose another game in a dumb way, that, that ain't going to work. So it's like, okay. So that's all I'm trying to get at. Like they don't have the luxury. Like the luxury is done. No, exactly. Yeah, if they had split the series, maybe it gets a little more interesting. No, to, right now, New Orleans is in more of a driver's seat. They are in, they have a little bit of a cushion. They should abuse the cushion, but they, they, they have a bit of a cushion created now because they did sweep the series. Fair? Absolutely. Okay, so let's quickly go through the slate here. We'll just go fast, and if we have any thoughts on any of these games, we can talk about them quickly, okay? Yep. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Sunday night morning schedule or early afternoon schedule. Yeah, which is very small because the Masters are on, and the NFL was like, "We're not, we're not airing anything on CBS in the one o'clock slot." And it's weird, man. It's weird having the Masters in November. I haven't watched a second of it because I keep forgetting, even though I keep seeing it, and then I keep, "Oh, I should check out the Masters because I like." I did, the I did today, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, was it decent? But it is, it's weird though. It's still weird. It's no, it's weird. Augusta in November, like I'm, I don't expect to see it. Now I'm kind of curious. Okay, hold on. Looking at leaderboard. Looking at leaderboard. Johnson takes control of Masters. Interesting. Okay. Is it still minus 14 in the lead? I'm checking I'm right sure. now. Okay, That's what one. Johnson had. Dustin Johnson is minus 16. Minus, okay, minus 16. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm just looking at the rest of this leaderboard real quick. Now that you mentioned it, let me check real quick here. I'm looking. All right. You want me to start going through the slate? No, no, no. We're going to do the slate in a second. I'm just, I, I'll say it out loud while we're talking. All right. We're talking Masters now for a second here. All right, Dustin Johnson is 16 under, seven around, seven, uh, seven under round 65 in round three. Interesting. Abraham Manser, haven't heard of him. Sun J.M., heard of him, but not much. Just looking to see if there's any other big names. Not really. Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood. Roy McElroy right now is eight under. I don't think he's got a shot. Not at eight under. That's too much. Brooks Kepka is eight under as well. Oh, wow. Huh. In terms of names, it's uh, kind of devoid. Like, I know these guys. Tigers, five under, no shot unless something crazy happens yeah 16 under justin johnson might have this might have this this might be a wrap dang but i mean basically all he does is have, have a decent round tomorrow and he's pretty much got it yeah well right now his rounds are 65 70 and 65 if he finishes with a 70 he's good to go like the next closest guy is four shots back he, he's gonna have to beat him so even if he's one or two under he's probably good to go dang huh okay well that might be a wrap for that one. Anyway, okay. So, uh, Sunday afternoon slate. Here we go. Uh, the 3 4 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Giants. Suck bowl. Moving on. Unless you have something you want to add, analysis wise. Okay. Figured. Okay. Next one Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Green Bay Packers. The 1 and 7 Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the 6 and 2 Green Bay Packers. They're a crummy team. I figure the Packers will look good. Aaron Rodgers will probably bolster his stats. He is building an MVP case, but it is tough because this team is feast or famine. Yeah, I just don't true. know what to make of these guys. Like, I really don't know what to make of them. They should have had a better show. To be honest, I'm disappointed they didn't have a better showing against Tampa Bay because it allowed this narrative to live for an extra week. Yep. Tampa Bay is gettable. If you can get to Brady and hit him a little bit. And by the way, well, this has been the book on him for 20 years. But I, I, was it you that said it or was it was it me? I, it wasn't me, but I don't know who if said it. If it was brilliant, it, it was me. If it was borderline, it was you. All right. But basically, right, it's like the Saints have now shown the rest of the league the blueprint yes. on how you beat this team. It's yeah. just a question of whether they, they, their teams can execute it or not. Yeah. And just to be clear, 
prior to this, in between the two Saints games, the Giants almost won the game. Yes. And the Giants are terrible. Like, they're legitimately terrible. They should have won that game. If they had been average, they would have won that game. But they're terrible. So, and even still, it was a close game. But at least they're not the New York Jets. Yeah, but all I'm getting at is that, like, imagine that. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the Giants are mediocre. And they actually had a shot at winning that game. Tampa could be could be five and four right now. And it would be very interesting how some of the Brady folks would be feeling about a five and four if they lost if they had a Giants loss in their column as well. Especially if the uh the Patriots are doing better. Yeah. So like if if Green Bay had taken care of business and if the Giants had found a way to win that game, they're four and um yeah, four and five. Yeah. And they could be. It wouldn't take a lot. But anyway, fair enough. Like I said, Green Bay's feast or famine. If their offense is clicking, they should crush Jacksonville. If they're kind of, eh, you know, Devontae Adams isn't catching the ball, Valdez Scantling isn't catching balls, and suddenly they become one-dimensional, even against Jacksonville, they could look bad. They're perfectly capable. Okay, next one. Washington football team taking on the Detroit football team. They may as well be called that too. Why not? They're not that good. Man, so, this is a really poor 1 o'clock slate. No, the 1 o'clock slate right now is brutal. Is brutality. Uh, next one is the Houston uh, – the Houston uh, – I want to say – I was about to say Houston Oilers. Oh, uh, the Houston yeah. Texans taking on the Cleveland – the Cleveland Bears. Why not? That could actually be Bears. a half-decent game. Yeah, it should be okay. Like, uh, as far as the, the matchup of the teams, it should be fine. Right? Like, yeah. you've, got, you've got two quarterbacks that can play. question is whether they do play or not. I know uh, Baker's not playing for me not nearly well enough. It's disappointing. No. Uh, but it's his, and he now he's got he doesn't have OBJ anymore either uh, for the rest of the season. So yeah, I, I think there's potential at least for at the very least for entertainment in that game. That might be to be honest from a from a watchability standpoint, I'm probably going to flip between the Jackson. I was going to say if you're watching if you're watching one o'clock game and your team at one o'clock slate and your team's not playing, you're watching this game. Probably yeah. Next one is uh, Tampa Bay taking on Carolina. We talked about that a little bit. Could Carolina make a game of it? Sure. Actually, that could be half decent too. It might be, but it's – we'll see. We'll see. You'll have to kind of see what happens early. I would say the first quarter will tell you kind of where that game's going to go. It'll tell you. Uh, next one, 4 o'clock. So 4, four o'clock games. Uh, 4.05, the L.A. Chargers taking on Miami. That's a good game. That has potential. Two rookie quarterbacks. Two, uh, yes. The Tua show, man. Tua is looking good. Yeah, but so is Justin Herbert. So this is and why you know, this he's is the only uh, starting left-handed quarterback in the league. Yeah. Tua. But I'm saying, like, this is interesting. This, 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 that one for the four o'clock slot, that one I would keep an eye on. That might be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And taking the sports card angle from it, Justin Herbert and Tua. That could be interesting. Just saying. Do you have either of those? Sorry? Do you have either of those rookies? Um, no, I didn't open any new product. Like, it's been expensive. It's been hard to get hold of. Otherwise, I would have tried. I would have tried. Okay, next one here. We got uh, the Denver Broncos taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Eh. Meh. Yeah. Okay, next one. 405 game as well. Buffalo taking on Arizona. Interesting. I feel this game, right? I mean, in in terms of the style of quarterbacking play by Kyler Murray and the style by Josh Allen, I feel this game has potential to be really high scoring potential. and very entertaining. Potential. Yeah. Doesn't mean it will be. Uh, but you know that, right? Like Stefan Diggs versus DeAndre Hopkins kind of matchup. There's some good defensive matchups here too. I, I like this game. Uh, if I, if my team wasn't playing at the same time, this is the game I'd be watching in the afternoon. Now, up until this point that of all the games I've read, 
this is the first game where both teams have a winning record. Arizona has a winning record. They're five and four. Five and three. Five and three. Wow. That's Buffalo brutal. seven and two. That's brutal. Yeah. This is the first one where I've read where both teams at the same time have a winning record. Because the other one was th- so real quick, I'm not, I'm not gonna read all the names again. Three, four, and one taking on two and seven. One and seven taking on six and two. Two and six taking on three and five. Two and six taking on five and three. Six and three taking on three and six. Two and six taking on five and three. Three and five taking on five and three. This is the first game. Seven and two and five and Yikes. three. Yikes. Yikes. Dang. Continuing that trend, uh, next one, San Francisco 49ers, four and five, taking on the New Orleans. Uh, we can sort of play football, I guess, against Tampa Saints. Woo. You know, I, I think it's a question. I Honestly, I feel this game is really a question of did the Saints have a mental letdown? Because San Francisco is so banged up to the point that this should be an easy win for the Saints. But I, heard, somehow, I heard that. I heard just as an update report on that. I heard additionally added to the injured reserve is the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, half the cheerleaders, the commentary team, the sideline judges, the person who makes the lines. So they might be crooked lines for the game. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of banged up people on the San Francisco sideline. That's pretty much it, man. Right? Like yeah. it's 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 there's enough injuries that you should have no excuses to lose to this team, right? Like you should beat them and you should beat them handily. I really uh, think I really think you need to put a know? statement on that. You need you actually should. Jameis should get play time in this game if you're doing this correctly. Yes. Like you should. Like this should be a laugher. Also, you should, you should easily be able to beat them with Jameis at quarterback, throwing as many interceptions as he throws touchdowns. First of all. I do not appreciate the implication about the young King Goat. <laughs> I do not appreciate the implication. That was pre-Lasik Jameis. We don't talk about that. That's okay. All right. We look right. to we look forward right. to the future, Dave. We look nothing would give me greater joy than if somehow this came, that if somehow I've spoken this into existence and all of a sudden he becomes a great quarterback. And then I just I told y'all. I called him the young King Goat. You heard it. You heard it here first. If I told y'all the goat, that would be that would be amazing. That would be the full of at that point I would realize that I actually have the power to levitate, Dave. <laughs> if I successfully pull this off, it's like it turns out I actually unlocked the rest. So now I am using one hundred percent of my point, mind. you need to quit your job and you know start like some kind of psychic betting hotline or something. No, Dave. If I pull that off successfully, I would have realized two things. Number one, that I have now unlocked 100% of my brain power, therefore allowing me to alter space and time. And secondly, forget about an offside betting. I should start a religion. You may all worship me. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so next one here. We got the Seattle. I, I appreciate also how I got to go from uh, worship me to, to on to the next game. Okay, so Seattle Seahawks taking on the LH Superchargers. Yeah, no, don't really care about that game. Yeah, but they are two winning teams. That's like the only other game I've seen. I mean, the LA Rams? Uh, hold on. Because the Chargers are playing Miami. Oh, sorry, sorry. That was the Rams. My apologies. Yeah. I forgot. Sorry, yeah. LAC. Never mind. So this is the LA Rams. So the LA Rams are 5-3, and three, taking on Seattle 6-2. Uh, and two. That could be de- I think it will be a decent game because they're divisional rivals, uh, but I still okay. think Seattle wins this game. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I it's – Seattle's been hit and miss. When they lost, they look real bad. When they win, though, like some of these games, DK Metcalf is great. Uh, Russell Wilson has been good at times, but they've got deficiencies. They've got serious. Let Russ cook, man. Let yeah, Russ cook. Yeah, but let the defense not cook. That would be the what you don't want. You don't you don't want the defense to cook because their defense is not cooking. Their defense is cooking with uh, with a broken stove. Yeah, and they don't know how to start a fire. You miss the Legion of Boom big time. Yeah, there's a lot of problems here. 
Next one is interesting, um, not because of the records respectively, but also, but it could be a little bit more interesting on than it is on paper. Uh, the the Cincinnati Bengals are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers already know, but they look kind of bad winning the last game. They look kind yes. of bad. And Joe Burrow has kept the Cincinnati competitive. This feels like an opportunity for a letdown. The Steelers yeah. could go to 8-1 after this game. It wouldn't it shock be. me. I, I still think Steelers are going to win, and I'd put money there if most likely. I was putting money. Most but likely. you know what? It's not going to be the most shocking thing in the world if this is where the letdown is. All I'm saying is I'm putting the upset alert on that game. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm look at this too. It. Right. Look, look at this, too. If you look at Tampa Bay, right, where they where they had a, almost shocked by the New York Giants, you would figure, hey, look, they're going to smarten up. They're playing a divisional rivalry. Right. They're really going to come out hitting and they got destroyed. So the same thing could happen to the Steelers. No, I got you. Sounds fair. Like I said, all I'm saying is an upset alert should be at least at least pay attention to it because you might get good odds. If you get yeah. good odds, it might be interesting. If you don't get good odds, let it go. Leave it alone. Don't even touch it. But if you get decent odds from mm-hmm. Cincinnati, I take a flyer. Next one, 8.20 p.m., so the primetime game on Sunday. We got ourselves the 6-2 and two Baltimore Ravens taking on the 3-5 and five New England Patriots. I also feel Man. this probably should have got flexed. There's a, I feel like I'm saying this with the Sunday night schedule a lot lately, uh, right? At the beginning of the year, maybe I would be like, yeah, this would be a pretty decent matchup to put on Sunday night. Um, but both teams haven't been playing their best lately. Uh, you know, so you could potentially get some decency out of this game. Um, I would take Baltimore in the game. Uh, but it's, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that that's the way it's going to happen, right? Yeah. And New England's got a lot to prove, too. They just, I don't think they just, they, I think Baltimore has more pieces. I'm I'm in agreement. Um, they should they're they're a better team right now, especially the way they're set up. I just I was realizing though I was kind of shocked. Um, I've been making note of the two winning teams matchups, and um, the next one is not. So that's the Monday nighter. So that means there are I believe if I counted this correctly, two games in which both teams have a winning record. Wow. I'm just double checking right now just to make sure I didn't misread this. First one, no, 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 no. No, no. Buffalo, Arizona, I already talked about. One. Um, Seattle, L.A., two. Uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, no. Uh, Baltimore, New England, no. And the Monday Nighter, three and five, Minnesota taking on five and four, Chicago. Woo! Yeah, I don't know. Minnesota has been – both of these teams have actually been a big disappointment this year, right? I mean, you know, Chicago has looked – decent they, like Chicago's defense is good Chicago's defense is legit they're for real uh and you know Dalvin Cook has looked good the last couple of weeks for for Minnesota so there could be you know how Chicago's I would look watch this game strictly from that matchup point because of where the teams are right now how is Dalvin Cook going to line up against Chicago run defense otherwise you know uh you're probably watching it because it's Monday night and there's nothing else on yeah pretty much the um the interesting thing about this is that Chicago's quarterback and situation has been so dire between Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles because Nick Foles hasn't played well at all. Um, their situation has been so dire. Someone off in the distance is like, I wonder if he could get Jay Cutler out of retirement again. No. Yes. He's looking, he's looking at the exact opposite of doing that. <laughs> he got 10 million last time. He probably could get 15 this time. Oh, he is divorced now. So Yeah, like he might need the cash. 
He might need the cash. If he could get 15 or 20 million for one season, Dave, Dave. I know. I know. Our favorite QB could be back. <sighs> Woo. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to get on the day for the uh, Ric Flair shoes. I expect you and Ben to be buying them. That's, That's what I'm saying. True, Pre-order. Well, actually, I'm going to look it up right now. <coughs> Because as far as topics are concerned, we're done. We 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 just we just I went through the whole NFL slate. We just did. You did. We we did do that. So let it not be said that we did Two not games through the whole with slate. both teams have a winning record. That's all you that's need to terrible. know about this. That's terrible. Like that's this terrible. This is this is feeling like a red zone week again. Jeez, there've been a lot of those lately. Mm-hmm. Dang. Like well, it's the same. Excuse me, but it's it's the same thing, right? It's like red. That's why red zone is great because it's like if your team is not playing, so you don't have a rooting interest in the game. Uh, red zone is your best friend. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, so I'm looking at sneaker news right now. This one's, uh, let me see. So release date. Well, it says release date November 1st. That means it should have already happened. Okay, so yeah. Okay, so let me go back and see if this is true. So it's Adidas, Dame, 7, Ric Flair. Let's see if this is true. Is this true? Can it be? Maybe. Hold on, looking. Okay, where can I actually see it? Um, Adidas. Adidas. Adidas.com. That's what I'm checking first right now, yeah. Uh, let's see. Dame. Seven. Rick. Flair. Well, here we go. Suggestions. That is not Rick Flair. I like how I kick, clicked Rick Flair and it gave me Buzz Toy Story. That is the opposite. <laughs> Adidas needs to get its website fixed. That would be good. Okay, let me try this again. Let me try Adidas.com. Oh, you transfer me directly to Canadian site? Come on, man. Come on, man. No, I don't need to see the Beyonce collection. I don't care. Uh, let's see. Dame, Seven, Rick, Flair. This is frustrating, guys. That's all I'm saying. Like, all I want to do is find these damn shoes so Dave and Ben can get shopping. That's all I'm trying to do out here. What the heck? Wait, weren't the shoes supposed to be gold? Am I wrong about this? Yeah, Why? Well, I'm seeing like blue shoes. Like it says Adidas name seven Ric Flair, but I am not seeing gold shoes. I am seeing blue shoes. Very blue. Yeah, I don't know, man. Trash. All right. I'm not, I got, I'm not buying, now, I'm not buying blue shoes. I'm just telling you that right now. Now I gotta figure this out because now I'm genuinely confused. I feel like I've been I've been misled to. I have been bamboozled, Turnbull. And you went to Adidas.com? What's that? You went to Adidas.com? Well, on Adidas.com, I can't find it. It wouldn't shock me if they were limited edition and they sold out and they wouldn't have the page up. But I'm looking at a site called Goat, which is a uh, reselling app for shoes. So normally, if you know, even if it's sold out, you would have it on one of these things. It could be like on a StockX as well. So I'm going to try that right now. StockX.com. At least I know the model, so I can look that up. Fine, whatever. Let's look this up. So Dame. Let me search. Thank you. Dame. Seven. Rick Flair. Huh. So right now this is a mystery, folks. Um, uh, it says November the 1st. It's written in several articles on November the 1st. We are past November the 1st. And when I look up Dame 7 Rick Flair shoes, I see a blue pair of shoes, which looks random. I can barely find them. And StockX doesn't have them. So now I'm getting suspicious. Getting a little, I'm, start, I'm starting to think there's a conspiracy here. 
I just want to know how this uh, how this plays into uh, you know how this plays into the recount. I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a connection. I feel so too. Like I I want answers, Dave. I want answers. Where are my Dame Seven Rick Flash shoes? God damn it! This is a conspiracy. Why are the news outlets not covering this? This is important. It is, man, because like we saw the Instagram post, they were gold. So there's a yeah. lot going on here that we need to know about. Listen, man, I'm not accepting this. This is uh, this is utterly unacceptable. Hmm. We're calling with the name seven, yeah. According to HouseOfHeat.co, on November the first, what? Not cool, man. Not cool. No, they're not. And here, this Adidas Dame 7 Ric Flair is dressed in all blue. Did they lie about the gold shoes? I'm telling you, I'm not buying buying blue shoes, Carlos. I'm scared, Dave. I'm terrified. Unacceptable, sir. You should be. Unacceptable. You should be, man. You should be. I think they were trying to go with faux alligator shoes. All right, listeners. And on that sad note, this is this is a bombshell, Dave. That has been this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, you know, it is what it is, man. No, hold on, we're not getting off the hook that fast. Hold on, doing a screen share. Do you see this, Dave? Not yet. There we go. Yeah. Look, it says woo. Yep. I know. I I looked it up too, man. While you were doing it, faux alligator. So Carlos just showed like. With like, RF Google on the it, back. people, because the because the Instagram post Carlos is showing the blue shoes, but Instagram post said there were they were gold. Like it's, it's all of a sudden they just changed everything. Look, hold on, pull in the reference picture. That's the Instagram post that Carlos showing where they're clear. It gold. happened. I will not accept anyone lying to you. It happened. So I don't know. I don't know, listeners, watchers. I don't know what to tell you, but. Carlos and I are, are very disappointed right now. Very disappointed. I don't care about the rest of it, Dave. I need these people to get off of Area 51. Stop worrying about that irrelevant shit. Kennedy assassination, don't care. We need to get these conspiracy people finding out what happened to my gold Dame 7 shoes of Ric Flair. We need to I get to the of this, Carlos. I need answers. We, need, we do. And people demand it. Unacceptable. This is, this is a very sad note to end this podcast on. And as Jalen and Jacoby say, man, We've got to give the people what they want. This is not the kind of sadness I was hoping to bring at the end, but here we are. Here we are. Oh, well. Okay. Well, on that, uh, on that sad bombshell, uh, it is, I'm, I'm Carlos. That's Dave. We'll be back at some point for episode 74, probably next week. We'll see what happens. We'll be back for episode 74 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. And, uh, Because it can't all be bad, I'll leave you with a positive message of peace. That probably wasn't a positive message of peace. That was probably a picture of Rob Manfred with a lightning ball in the background. But it was something. So you let it not be said that we did not put something in there. That's true. That is true, Carlos. Best I can do. All right. Catch you all in the next episode. Bye.